Welcome to the Beer Travelers Podcast from All About Beer. I'm your host, Andy Crouch. And we'll get to our conversation about Milwaukee's thriving beer scene in a minute. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. All About Beer is back, and we're asking for your support to help provide the independent beer media this rich and colorful industry deserves. Visit our website, allaboutbeer.com, where we're frequently posting new content. And please consider throwing us a few bucks at patreon.com slash allaboutbeer. We have low-cost memberships for individuals and small and large companies alike. Every dollar goes to help produce new articles and podcasts. Wisconsin is one of those places that lives in the imaginations of Americans, largely in the form of caricature. Full of cheese-curd-eating, beer-loving, Harley riders, the state rarely gets the respect it deserves. In reality, Wisconsin is all of those things, and so much more. I grew up 90 minutes south of Milwaukee, but it might as well have been a totally different country. Chicago is Midwestern in the way that non-alcoholic beer is beer, in name only. Wisconsin, on the other hand, is pure Midwest. From Friday night fish fries to the homey environs of supper clubs, and a relatively laid-back sense of community and good-spiritedness, Wisconsin is the heart of the Midwest for me. So today, I'm excited that in the latest episode of Beer Travelers, we're making our way to one of the great overlooked gems in the American craft beer scene, Milwaukee. To help lead us through this town's glorious and storied beer scene, we have two fantastic local guides. Chris Drosner is a longtime beer writer and editor covering Wisconsin and Milwaukee specifically. He's written the Beer Baron column for the Wisconsin State Journal, the daily newspaper in the capital city of Madison. And it's through this column that I first got to know Chris and his take on the mad town and greater Wisconsin beer scenes. More recently, Chris moved to Milwaukee, where he is now the executive editor of Milwaukee Magazine. Joining Chris to help us on our tour of Brewer City, this week is Bobby Tanzillo, the senior editor at OnMilwaukee.com, where he writes about beer, whiskey, history, and architecture. He's the author of a half dozen history books, including several about beer and its history in Milwaukee, and he's a great resource for all the beer happenings in the city. While Chris and Bobby compete for scoops on the latest beer news in the city, it's clear that they have a deep respect for one another and they are the perfect pair to help us navigate this jewel on Lake Michigan. So let's get started on our exploration of one of my favorite local beer scenes, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Today, we're making our way to one of my favorite cities for beer, one of the great overlooked gems in the American craft beer scene, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Milwaukee was always known as kind of a macro beer city, one of America's two great beer cities, but Milwaukee has a lot to offer. Um, whether it's history and architecture and, you know, more particularly for our purposes today, we're talking about craft beer and a lot of what Milwaukee has had uh, come to pass in, in most recent years. And to do that, we have two fantastic experts, uh, folks who have written about the beer scene in Milwaukee for a long time, have deep understandings of that scene. And I'm really looking forward to getting back to a city that I've spent a lot of time in. You know, I think Milwaukee is a is a is both a, a city and a beer scene that doesn't get enough respect in this country. And I think, you know, the town itself is beautiful. The architecture is amazing. The history is great. And it has this long, you know, beer history, you know, dating back to Miller and Pabst and Schlitz and all these great historic brands, legacy brands. And I want to get into that today and then also talk a lot about, you know, what's going on in Milwaukee, you know, in the more modern era. So we'll start with Chris, you know, for those who haven't been to Milwaukee before, you know, how would you describe both the city and the beer scene? Uh, well, I, I echo your sentiments about the city. It's uh, um, I've 
I, I've only lived here for about eight years or so, but it is uh, actually we're coming up on 10 now. But um, uh, it's it's a great city by a great lake that used to be its trademark. But there's a lot going on and there's a lot going on that's kind of new. And I think that's definitely the way I would describe the beer scene as well. Um, it's it's robust, but, you know, it hadn't for a long time. It hadn't been talked about in terms of, you know, those craft beer destinations that that are, you know, talked about around the country. Um, but I think that we're punching at least at our weight, if not above it at this point. Um, there was a major boom about uh, in 2016 and 2017, where we saw really the almost like the creation of a craft beer scene with um, all kinds of different types of craft breweries, sizes and models and all that kind of stuff opening within the span of, uh, of two or three years. And the and it's pretty much continued um, along those lines since then. So at this point, we do have, I would say, you know, a, a, a real nice beer scene, certainly one that you could spend uh, a weekend or even a week exploring if uh, if that's your if that's your bag. And Bobby, how about yourself? You know, for someone who has covered you know the beer scene there for a long time, you know, how would you describe you know Milwaukee's beer scene? I'd agree with what Chris said, and I would say that you know since the boom has happened, it's been fairly stable. We get a few new ones opening here and there, and occasionally a closure, but there hasn't been um, a massive wave of openings or closing since that time. And I think that at the moment, it might even be a little under capacity if you look at it sort of on a neighborhood by neighborhood basis. You know, I think we have probably about 40 breweries in the metro area, but there's like an entire swath of the south side of the city that has nothing. Um, so I feel like there is probably still a little bit of capacity out there for anybody who's looking to open something. And that's not something we necessarily hear uh, about a lot of cities. Most places are now just kind of over capacity or have so many, especially the city to the south where I grew up in Chicago, where I think the number may be north of 150. And you, you, I've lost control of that beer scene <laughs> the better part of a decade ago. Um, but you know, for those who aren't familiar with kind of the history of beer in Milwaukee, and I know that this is you know, books and books and tomes and tomes <laughs> have been written about this. Yeah, we'll start with Bobby. Can you talk, just walk us through, you know, the, the very short version of a brewing history in Milwaukee? Yeah. So as you had pointed to earlier, you know, Milwaukee has long been known as a sort of macro beer city because for a long time we had Miller, Pabst and Schlitz, you know, and Pabst was the biggest for a while in the in the country if not the world, and Schlitz was not far behind. And it's funny that we think of Miller as being this huge company because it was traditionally the smaller of the of the big brewing giants here. But brewing here goes back to 1840. We had um, a, an English-style ale brewery open up, and then quickly after that, there's a lager brewery, and then Pabst opens. And you know, by the late 19th century, there's Pabst, Miller, Schlitz, Blatz, Cream City, Husting, Falk, Gettleman. I mean, just on and on and on. I love and the all, names. Yeah. And just, I mean, just tons and tons of breweries. And, um, but of course the beginning of craft, you know, I feel like, and Chris can, can expand on this or correct me on this, but I feel like we sort of had a strong showing at the start. You know, we had Sprecher here in 84, um, Lakefront opened by 87. Um, we had the, our first brew pub, Water Street Brewery was, I think also 87. Um, so we sort of started off strong in that sense, but then, 
for some reason, it, it never really exploded here like it did in other cities um, after that until, you know, about five, six, seven years ago. I was going to say, I think the, the history and the legacy and the shadow of that, of the, you know, the big beer industry in the city had was pulling at, at both ends of that. I think, you know, Randy Sprecher, the, who founded Sprecher Brewery in, I believe it was 84, he said, right? Yep. Um, so, I mean, that was Milwaukee's, I don't know if, it, I don't know if they say it was Milwaukee's first crowd, but it's the, the oldest one that's surviving still today. Yeah. Um, and he worked and at Pabst. He, he'd, he'd he was a Pabst, Pabst guy, right. So there's, there's a talent. And then the, the next one, Lakefront, those guys were home brewers. Um, so, you know, kind of different paths. But I think, you know, a continuing story through today is the kind of talent magnet and ta talent generator and, um, you know, developer that the big breweries have been. Um, uh, but, you know, from the market perspective, I think it, it you know, I mean, I, I think people were slow to adopt some of these craft breweries and really kind of buy in. To, um, so I think that was what was keeping it, you know, small. I, I don't, I don't think it was anything nefarious, like, you know, backroom, you know, deal killing stuff like that. But, but I think it was just that they, we, nobody really felt like it was needed um, for a long time. And then obviously, you know, I, I, when I was in, uh, you know, I was working in Madison for a long time um, up until 2017. And that city was quite a bit more robust. And I, I don't think that's the case anymore. And yeah. if you think about it, Pabst was open here until the late 90s, too. So there was still a lot of, uh, as you point dedication to I'm a Miller Light guy, I'm a Miller High Life guy, I'm a PBR guy. And I think people were held on to that pretty tightly in, in some respects because they worked at these places or their parents worked at these places. or I mean, they felt like a, a physical connection to them the way that I think that now the craft breweries. Yeah, that's an interesting point. And just the, the connection that that folks and local drinkers had to, and the passion they had for, you know, the breweries in that have defined their local beer scene for a hundred plus, you know, more than 150 years at that point. Yeah. There is going to be some loyalty there, but it's interesting to to see some of these players who decided to kind of try to break out of that and to, to bring a little bit more flavor. And we touched on, I think at least one of them, you know, with Lakefront and let's, let's talk about, you know, some who are the, you know, the original craft beer players in the city. And, you know, we can start with, with Bobby, talk to me about, you know, just sort of the history uh, of Lakefront and you know, what it has meant to the development of craft beer in Milwaukee. Yeah. So they got started in a neighborhood called River West, which is kind of a scrappy um, neighborhood um, that's sort of mixed ethnically and, um, economically and so it has sort of like an edgy feel to it like it's a it's a popular place for you know where bands play and you know lots of cool bars and that sort of thing so i think lakefront was really kind of tapped into that from the get-go of being part of this kind of cool neighborhood so it, it latched on in the neighborhood pretty quickly um and they started and they worked hard brewing their stuff and getting it self-distributing it um around the city and then they ultimately built a big facility in a former um electrical power plant. Um, and, you know, they've been willing to do a wide variety of stuff, which I think has been helpful. You know, they do lots of traditional German styles, which is popular here, but they also um, had, I think, the first gluten-free beer in New Grist. You know, yep. they, they do all kinds of um, 
hoppier beers, they do barrel aged beers. So they they do a little bit of everything, but it's, it's also helped that they have, when they moved to the new place, they had a huge beer hall that has a popular fish fry and they had a polka band playing. So there was a whole vibe about the place as well as about the beer. And I think um, all of that kind of came together to make them sort of beloved. And the fact that now that they're 35 years old, um, they feel sort of like, like the stalwart. Yeah, you know, Lakefront yeah, I mean, is one Lakefront's one of those breweries that I've spent some time in, you know, because it's been some time since I've been there and they were one of the originals. You know, Russ, you know, Klish, one of the owners, is, you know, is a character. Uh, and these, you know, when they were they, you know, what one of the things that they were known for were putting on some of the best tours that you could you could find, uh, you know, some of the best brewery tours. And I remember going through there and, you know, they had their whole shtick and their whole lineup and the thing, you know, things that they did. Um, and they also had you know, there, I think they had horizontal ferment, you know, ferment or conditioning tanks that at the time, and maybe they still do had Larry Moe and Curly painted on the side of them. Uh, and, uh, also had, and maybe, you know, Bobby, you can talk about this as well. They also had one particularly interesting item that they had, that they had gotten from, from the ballpark that I think had been either torn down or replaced. Yeah. I was actually going to, while you were talking, I was going to say this, that they, to Mo, Larry, and Curly, who you know, sections of which are now out front as they've upgraded their material, mm-hmm. their equipment. Um, they did buy Bernie's Chalet. Bernie Brewer is the um, the brewer's mascot. He's got a big mustache, and you know, um, he has this chalet house that he, when there's a home run, he slides down the slide, and the fireworks go off. Uh, and when the brewers built a new chalet. Uh, Lakefront bought the old chalet. So they've been uh, doing a really good job of kind of latching on to these bits of Milwaukee history that resonate with people. Um, And it's interesting because uh, they also have these beautiful old um, lights that used to hang in a, in a classic Milwaukee hotel uh, in their um, tasting room. And so they, they really have done a good job of kind of just sort of capturing the spirit of Milwaukee. And I think Milwaukee really feels like Lakefront yeah. speaks to them and represents them. I think I'd interrupted you, Chris. What are your thoughts on Lakefront? I, I think, I mean, I echo all that. I think they, I mean, to, to the point, uh, you know, two of their most popular beers year rounds, um, probably if you were going to pick like the, the craft beer of Milwaukee, it would be River West Stein, which is kind of a robust amber lager. Yep. Um, that's been, that's like, like in the way that spotted cow is on tap in every bar in the state, pretty much, um, river West Stein is on at pretty much every bar in Milwaukee, but like, I, I think they lakefront's really underrated for like their actual beer program and what they do. They have, um, a phenomenal barrel aging program. Um, they've got one of the best events in the city with, uh, their black frog black friday release which is like still a big deal where people camp out overnight in on the day after after thanksgiving uh for 6 a.m you know 14 percent barrel age souths um and they have this um uh, employee uh like an like a a beer a, a series of beers where uh an employee just picks a beer that they want to make and um and it's, it's named after them. So like, you know, there's my turn, Dylan and my turn, Andy and my turn, uh, you know, Hopgood, all these, all these different employees from different parts of the brewery get their, get their chance to make a beer that kind of, they think reflects them and that they're into. And, and, you know, that's a great way of having a, 
very traditional, mostly very traditional brewery kind of advance and keep things fresh in a way that like makes sense for the brand and makes is like logical. Cause I think a lot of breweries struggle with that. And um, it all seems very natural for like, you know, I, it, it's like really one of the best breweries in the state. And um, you know, I think, I think it's really underrated for what they do just across the board. And I think that my turn series that you're talking about, also is something that resonates with people because they have, as you said, they have literally everybody who works in the company can do it. So it's not just the brewers. It's not just the people who work yeah. uh, in the brewery. It's the people who work in the tap room. It's the people who load trucks and unload trucks. It's, you know, it's literally everybody. And I think that's the kind of thing that, again, that people really love. And it means there's variety every time you go there, there's something new and different to try. And I think that's fantastic as, you know, for a brewery that's even more than 10 years old, it can certainly be difficult to try to maintain your relevance uh, in you know the current marketplace with all the changes. Uh, but if you're 35 years old, that is just it's just exceedingly rare for, for breweries, first of all, to exist that long, but second of all, to maintain relevance and and to have you know two acclaimed writers you know come on and say, yeah, this is a brewery that is still doing you know great stuff, and that's that's fantastic to hear. You know, we you Chris had talked about one of the other um, breweries about or one of you know one of the defining beers or the defining beer of Milwaukee. But for me, at least in sort of my early years of of craft brewing, one of the other defining beers of, of Milwaukee and maybe one of the defining dark beers in in the U.S. craft brewing was Black Bavarian, which is a beer from uh, Sprecher. Um, or Bobby, can you tell us a little bit about Randy Sprecher and the Sprecher Brewery? Yeah, so Randy had worked at Pabst as a brewer. He was brewing beer at Pabst when he decided he wanted to go out on his own. And so he opened Sprecher in, um, again, I think it was an old power plant <laughs> in an industrial part of the city. And he started making um, beer right away, but he was also making root beer right away. So he's always sort of had one foot in soda and one foot in beer. Um, and actually nowadays, um, the soda by far outweighs uh, the beer they make, um, but they still make Black Bavarian. They still make Sprecher Amber. They're still doing um, seasonal beers, always very rooted in German tradition. Randy was very interested in brewing German style beers. So it's lots of traditional stuff. They are doing more. Um, he sold the company, I'm going to guess about five years ago. Um, and they've started doing more IPAs and, and barrel aged and, th and things like that than they had been doing during the Randy era, but um, but they still have their feet kind of firmly in that German tradition. And Chris, can you talk to me about, obviously we've talked a little bit about Pabst and Schwitz, and I know that there are some still some historic spaces there that have been utilized in recent years. And I actually don't really know the status of things like what has happened with the, you know, the historic Pabst brewery, you know, for beer lovers who are there, who are also interested in, in history and architecture, and we'll talk to Bobby about this as well. What what are they able to see? You know, where what parts of beer history are they able to experience, and and what's presently going on? You know, with with some of these historic brands, are they still available? Are they still um, you know, have an actual physical presence in the city? Yeah, uh, well, the, the, I mean, the big one is the Paps um, is the former Paps complex, which was really a complex, um, and that is it was just on the edge, or it was just on the edge of, edge of downtown. And um, there's a whole bunch of uh, stuff going on in that area. Um, there's, uh, let's see here, um, we've got the Central Waters Milwaukee uh, Brewery and Tap Room in a former church that is right on the edge of that uh, complex. There's all kinds of um, uh, like hotel, there's a big hotel there. You can actually like, 
you know, sleep in what what was, you know, the Paps Brewery, um, all kinds of offices and, and but it's most of it is using, you know, the existing buildings so that the um, and, you know, Bobby can actually speak to this a lot better because it was right in his wheelhouse. Um, but one thing that um, one big development that um, is kind of in the headlines, I guess, right now is the um, uh, what's now the pilot project brewery um, in a former Pabst warehouse. Um, and that is a kind of a, an extension of a Chicago project or a Chicago uh, brewery, I guess, that is basically an incubator for uh, beer and beverage brands. Um, so they kind of take these clients in and, and help them develop recipes or branding or, you know, even like concepts. And there's a lot of different kind of ways that, that they, that they help these, you know, these independent um, uh, companies, but uh, they uh, bought this big brewery, which had been the former Milwaukee brewing uh, company facility um, just this, this past fall. And now I've opened a big, um, uh, you know, if they, this is basically their, like their growth engine for those brands that want to go big, maybe go national, that kind of thing. So that's all happening within the PAPS complex, but there's, there's a, Bobby, you want to talk about the other, like, I know Schlitz park is, is, is one, I think there's something going on in the Blatt's brewery too, right? Yeah, so at the as you were saying at the Pabst place in the church, the Central Waters, but next to that also in in the old Pabst offices, there's a bar called Best Place, which um, is an event venue and a bar, and they have a, like a little gift shop, and you can go sit in the chair at Captain Pabst's desk <laughs> in his old office. Um, and as Chris was saying, the the brew house in in Suites, which is the hotel there, in the lobby still has in place the the tops of the original copper kettles where Pabst brewed. Um, and um, Schlitz Park is mostly, um, which is the old Schlitz Brewery, a lot of the brew house buildings are gone, but some of them are still there. There's still a malt house, there's still a stables building. Um, there's some other, there's some packaging buildings and stuff that survive. And it's mostly offices, but there are some cafes and things in there and you can kind of wander through there and they have a lot of uh, Schlitz memorabilia up and that sort of thing. Um, you can, Miller, I don't know that they've restarted the tours after the pandemic. They've been struggling to um, find staff basically to to do the tours, but they're working on getting that reopened. So you could potentially do the Miller tour. Um, and at Blatt's, um, I don't think there's anything at Blatt's that's really open to the public, but the build, a lot of the buildings are still there and Milwaukee School of Engineering occupies um, a lot of those. And if you find somebody who can take you around, there are still, like, there's a, still a Cream City Brewing Company building left. There's still a couple of Husting buildings left. Uh, Falk Brewery is still left. Um, you can't go in any of them, but they're still there if somebody wanted to go see them. Um, and the one thing I would say that people should probably not miss if they have a car while they're here is to go up to a brewery called Foxtown in Mequon, um, which is about 20 minutes north of the city. And they're open in like a second, early second half of the 19th century brewery bu building complex that has its lagering, brick lagering cave still underneath. And you can go down into those. And that's pretty amazing. That does sound great. And Thank you both for talking to me about the you know the great history that Milwaukee has, and we barely dipped a toe into it. And there's so much more we could get into, but you know we'll be right back with more beer travelers after a message from our sponsors, and we're going to get into the modern day era of Milwaukee. Want more beer for your ears? The new All About Beer podcast, hosted by M. Sauter and Don Tess, 
takes a deep, engaging dive into the hottest topics in beer. Do you need to know what the heck a cold IPA is? Check out the first episode wherever you get your pods. New episodes drop every other Thursday. And now, back to Beer Travelers. Welcome back to the Milwaukee episode of Beer Travelers, and now we're going to get into what I've called a rapid-fire lightning round, but you know, usually it's supposed to be quick questions and off-the-cuff answers, kind of the first things that come to your mind, but often it involves us just devolving into other areas and not getting that many questions out. So we'll we'll see what people want to talk about today, but with its history, its heritage, you know, we could talk about you know hazy breweries and all of these things, but I want to start somewhere else, a little bit closer and in, in, in nearer and dearer to my heart. I'm going to go with Bobby. Bobby, what's the best German beer hall in Milwaukee? Oh, that's got to be. Well, I think it's Lakefront for sure. Um, but for pure vibe, you also have to consider the Bavarian Beer House, which is in Glendale right near Sprecher. So if you go up to Sprecher, you could also go up there. Um, they have a really good fish fry, huge beer hall with big tables, and uh, they have a brewery on site. Half of half of the audience or more is not going to really understand maybe the fish fry and, and certainly will not understand it in the Wisconsin context. Uh, oh, I have a lot it, to say on that. Yeah, we're going to give you a, <laughs> uh, like a tight 30 seconds to explain um, to explain you know, all that has to do with, you know, fish fries and supper clubs and 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 just sort of what you know, I would love to do a whole episode just on supper clubs alone. But Bobby, for the audience who did not understand the fish fry reference, please enlighten us. Okay, so uh, Fish Fry Friday is a big deal in Milwaukee, mostly, I think, because of the Catholic heritage, um, which, you know, they said there was no meat, you couldn't eat meat on Friday, so they started to do these fish fries, and it's usually fried fish and coleslaw and rye bread, and um, it has to have potato pancakes, because if it doesn't have potato pancakes, it's not a fish fry, it's just fried fish. Fish and chips <laughs> otherwise, right? Right. <laughs> I love it. Chris, how about for you? What's the best German beer hall in Milwaukee? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, uh, um, I, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll say, I'll go with Bavarian too, because um, uh, they have a, I mean, well, maybe this is not answering the question correctly, but their beer garden is mm -hmm. amazing. It is like straight out of Munich, except like if Munich were like nicer, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I haven't been to Munich. I'm sorry, but, but I'm just kind throw of, it, just throwing kind of telling on myself Munich. here. Oh, telling on myself here, but it's it's basically like a park, except there's just tables everywhere and it's comfortable. Um, summer, spring, summer, fall in Milwaukee are all wonderful. So there's a lot of time, like I know, like we get a lot of rap for winters, but um, there's a lot of great outdoor beer drinking time in Milwaukee and, um, there's just a, it's just a phenomenal place to, to do it. There's kind of like, you know, food stations set up in different places so you can get your curry worst and, you know, all the, all the stuff. So I'll, I'll go with a variant. And can I, can I, can they, can this be where we devolve? Because yes, yes. I have to say that uh, it's a good the last, spot to devolve. yeah, in the last few years, the beer garden in Milwaukee has just gone through the roof. If well, it's just ironic since there is no roof. Um, <laughs> but like every park, every open space um has become a beer garden. It's almost become a joke. It's you know, it's there are so many beer like last year I did a beer garden guide and I spent like every week I'd have to add a new beer garden to it because it was just going and going and going. There's like a chain of for profit beer gardens. The like every uh, major city park has beer gardens run by the county parks in partnership with other people. There are literally just beer gardens everywhere. And it's because, you know, our winter is so cold and we're all hibernating for so long that as soon as the weather gets nice, we want to be outside and, you know, we want to be outside with other people drinking beer. 
And are these places, uh, these beer gardens, are they, you know, in affiliation with local breweries or are they just local, you know, bars and restaurants or are they just sort of independent operators? Yeah, I know you mentioned like the, the county or the city. All of those things. Yeah. They're all of those things. So like um, 1840 has its own series of, of beer gardens in one of the suburbs. New Barrens does its own beer garden in another suburb called Fox Point. Um, Almost the, every little suburb that has a park has a different affiliation with uh, you know, or an affiliation with a small, almost all of them really small, um, mm -hmm. you know, local craft brewery. It's, it's very cool. It's right. Very and cool. then you I'm have glad some, glad them, you that. yeah. And then some also have, um, have beer from everybody, you know, so there it is sort of a mix of things. Yeah. I'm a big fan of outdoor beer, drinking beer, big fan of uh, beer gardens written about them quite a bit in my career. And, and now I need to get back to Milwaukee even more. Um, Bobby, we'll go back to you for this next question. Uh, best historic bar in Milwaukee. Historic bar from like a brewing standpoint or just in general? No, just gen just general. One that maybe has some vibe, uh, you know, ambiance, architecture, history, just, uh, you know, obviously there are a lot of bars that have been there for for more than, you know, 10 or 15 years, you know, getting yeah. into considerably older. You know, which one would you recommend? There are tons. And I feel like by naming any one, I'm leaving out like 10 more that I should name, but I am going to pick one. And I'm going to say Regano's Roman Coin on Brady Street, which is in an old Pabst Tide House. And the woman who owns it, um, her dad owned it before her, so they've owned it for nearly 60 years. Um, it still has tons of original woodwork, the original wood floors. I mean, it looks like a Milwaukee bar when you go inside. And if you're lucky, don't tell her I told you this, but if you're lucky, Terry will show you the old bowling alleys in the basement. That's an amazing tip. Love it. Love it. Chris, how about for you, you know, best historic bar in Milwaukee? Chris, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, there's so, there are so many, um, there's so many bars in Milwaukee and I feel like, like half of them were probably, you know, tied houses at some point. Um, you know, those, this, those iconic corner bars with the turret on top and, um, that's how I, I make mean, my living. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. About all those. <laughs> I feel, I feel like I want to see that uh, and have Bobby answer another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the thing that I feel like people don't necessarily appreciate about about Milwaukee is just, you know, just sort of the history. And, you know, Chicago had this for a long time, but has been losing it so increasingly with the neighborhood bars and the historic bars. It's, you know, I'm very happy to hear that Milwaukee is at least trying to preserve it or or still has so much to offer. But we'll 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 you know forgive Chris here and we'll you know throw him a nice, easy question for the next one, which is, uh, <laughs> you know, Chris, uh, what are your what's your top three breweries for log? in the city okay i this one this one's this one's right in my wheelhouse so, so I, i'll <laughs> say i mean lakefront i think is probably the top one um you know they're they're they've had 35 years styling their lager program and um you know they're all their seasonals are not all their seasonals are lagers but you know a lot of their repeating seasonals are lagers and they're really well done mybach uh oktoberfest um you know they've they've introduced a bunch of um summer beer you know or, um you know uh like an american lager that that's that's just you know a, a year round obviously um river westine and Eastside dark both great so I, I think that's that's in the catbird seat for me um gathering place is um that is um one of the one of the class of 2017 i believe um so they're a little bit newer um but they're in neighborhood um which is a great uh kind of brewery, brewery hotspot and um, a lot of focus on um continental styles um their flagship is a kolsch 
um, or as Corey would say, a Kolsch style ale. He's, he's a stickler about that. But um, a lot of great beers, including the uh, um, a really nice Schwartz beer and uh, uh, a cool unfiltered Hellas. They've got a nice ride dunkle. A lot of, a lot of really good um, beers there. And it's awesome. It's also a really, really nice tap room. Um, and I think for the third one, I'm going to go off the board a little bit and say component. Um, I have been really, this is a brewery that's, um, let's see, they opened in 2019, was it Bobby? Yeah. A little bit newer, like uh, since the 1617, but um, um, you know they 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 have one of those beer programs that's that has that kind of bifurcation to it, where you've got your kind of hazies and you know some fruited sours and stuff like that. Um, but they have like kind of dad beers that I that I've, I've been really enjoying. Um, you know, a couple of different pilsners you'll find. Um, I know it's not a lager, but um, I ha- uh, you know, they tend to have half a bison on, um, you know, I think they had a Czech dark lager the other day. They or uh, recently, I know they just did a, um, the, uh, native lands, um, Mexican lager. Yeah. So I'm, tr- I'm excited to get over there and try that just, one. So just came this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the other, one other thing that cool, that's cool about component is it's located in this big, um, former warehouse that's called the Lincoln warehouse down in Bayview, which is one of the great neighborhoods, um, in the city. And um, there's actually three breweries in there and a distillery tap room. So there's, there's a chocolatier, um, lots of lot. It's a great, great spot to kind of go and, and, you know, walk around and just kind of hit all the, hit all the spots. Bobby, where are you going for a lager? Um, I hate to say this, but Chris named my three. Um, okay. <laughs> so I would, but I would add to that. Um, it's not a brewery that, does a ton of lagers, but they do, but I think they do really good ones is Good City. I like their um their home lager and their Good City pills. Um, they also did a really nice Oktoberfest last year. Um, and they have a seasonal that I think is called Afterglow. It's like a dark lager um that I really like. So again, they're they're not probably in terms of sheer quantity of lo- kinds of lagers, they're not high up there, but I feel like they do, always do a really good job. And Bobby, where are you sending folks for for IPA? And now IPA is a massive broad category. You West Coast or you know hazy. There's a whole host of things. But you know, just where are three places that you think are doing you know exceptional IPA in Milwaukee? Um, I would say one of them is um, Eagle Park, which is a brewery that does a seemingly endless. Variety of beers, um, and they started small. Interestingly, they started in a in the Lincoln Warehouse that Chris was talking about, and they started in this tiny, tiny brewing space on the second floor, uh, which has since been home to uh, three other breweries, including Component, the one that Chris mentioned. Um, and they've grown out of that into like a they they bought a closed. Um, Brew pub, and then they expanded into just this huge facility uh, in a southwestern suburb called Muskego, and now they've just expanded that even further. Uh, they've opened up a distillery in there, and they do um, they do a really good New England IPA called David Bowie Spacesuit. Everything sort of has like a music related um, name because they were in a band called Eagle Trace, um, and they have a nice sessionable IPA that's called I think Push Play. Um, and then sort of falling in between is, is another one called set list, which is pretty nice. Then I would say third space, uh, which is another brewery that opened kind of around that, uh, 
2016 era that Chris was talking about and doesn't seem to have ever stopped expanding. Like every time I go there, they're loading another tank off a semi, <laughs> you know, uh, so they've, and they're, they've gotten their beers into the stadium, the Brewer stadium. They're in the, the Bucks Pfizer forum. They've done really well for themselves in terms of distribution. Um, but they do like a, a hazy called heavenly haze. That's nice. Um, a really juicy sessionable one called juice fix that I think is only even just like 4% or something, the kind of beer you could drink loads of. Um, and then I would say venture does really nice IPAs too. And they're sort of a neighborhood brewery that often flies there because they're a coffee shop in the morning. Although I guess you could drink beer there in the morning if you wanted to, um, and a brewery in the evening, and again, I guess you could have coffee there in the evening if you want, but um, they do a really nice job on some great IPAs. And I think it's one that people just don't think about that much because it's very rooted in its in its neighborhood in, in Washington Heights. And Chris, how about yourself? Where are you going for IPA in Milwaukee? Uh, well, I had Eagle, Eagle Park and Third Space on my list, but uh, also add um, 1840, um, which is uh, 1840 Brewing is a, it's a reference to uh, when the first brewery started in, in Milwaukee that Bobby mentioned earlier. Um, there, this is a brewery that is very, uh, uh, very contemporary in terms of like the, the they're doing a lot of hate, a lot of really good hazy beers, um, pushing the envelope on, on, uh, uh, you know, uh, sours. I mean, they originally started as kind of like an, er the, 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 the hook was an urban farmhouse brewery. So they were, looking at a lot of mixed firm and, um, uh, you know, barrel aged stuff like that. Um, and I think they, but they found, they found their groove with, um, um, with hazy beer, with hazy IPAs. And, um, they've got a, a nice series of, uh, of kind of pastry stout type stuff. And they still do a lot of the, um, the you know, sours and fruited stuff like that. So, um, and a really nice tap room in Bayview as well. And then one other one I'll mention, this is a really new one. Um, Amorphic Brewing um, is in River West and they have, it's just a, it's a pretty small tap room. They don't have a lot of like distribution or anything, but um, man, really doing really cool stuff with like, um, you know, hop extracts and really, really kind of leaning into innovation and, um, you know, uh, unusual techniques and stuff like that to kind of coax out all the, intense like crazy flavor um but they also have a pretty cool um like you know he, 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 instead of having like uh like a kind of a, sh a section of the menu that's like lagers he's doing like check beers so like pills and and like dark and but like kind of twists on very very kind of cross-pollinating concepts and um you know uh just unusual stuff um mm. you're gonna find it amorphic so you had mentioned uh you know sour or mixed fermentation beer so we'll we'll stick with you for this one you know chris where are you going in the city for for sour or mixed firm beer this is an exciting one because the, it's kind of new to the city um at least their their physical space is open now um and that's supermoon beer company which is in uh on howell avenue down in bayview um, and this is, uh, Rob Brennan is kind of a one man show. It has been at least, um, but he's doing just super deep terroir kind of like, um, you know, blending, a uh, lot of slow beer, um, 
And um, just last fall, or it was late summer, maybe he he opened his uh, opened his tap room to the public um, after doing you know uh, bottle releases for um, I think a couple of years. He, I mean, you know, the, the plan was originally to open in like late 2020, and we all know what happened then. So he, but you know, with the nature of those kinds of beers, he just kind of slow rolled it and kept building up a, a barrel stock and keg stock. Um, and now we're reaping the benefits of that. So um, really, really compelling stuff, um, super nuanced and, and flavorful. Um, and he has a really nice uh, flagship Saison too. That's, that's uh, kind of the clean beer of the, of the mix. Uh, so Supermoon, um, I mentioned 1840, that, that would be in my top three as well. And uh, one brewery we haven't talked about is Mobcraft and, um, yeah, this is a brewery I'm, in, I'm interested in talking about. So, yeah, so they're, they're, mo- they're, um, they've been around for maybe a decade or so now, but they, in, they, they were a part of the, their physical space was open during the, that 16, 17, um, boom here, here in Milwaukee and in, in uh, the Walker's point neighborhood. And their model is crowdsourcing their beers. So they have a website where you can like vote, you know, first of all, submit a recipe. So you can like say, I want a a peanut butter strawberry cream ale or something like that, you know? Um, And, and then they will either, and with, with whatever kind of degree of detail that you're interested in, you know, if you're a home brewer, you can submit like a detailed recipe. If you just want a concept, you can do that. Mm-hmm. And then it goes, it goes through voting and social in their social channels and it kind of gets voted up. And then once it comes down to it, like each vote is essentially like a, an order. So you could, you're kind of putting your money. So, you know, otherwise <laughs> you could end up with some pretty weird stuff <laughs> and they do end up with some pretty weird stuff even with that. But, um, you know, and, and that, that was kind of the, the innovation model for their, um, you know, early on, I think they've kind of, some of those beers are, have become like regular beers for them um, now. But um, one of the things that, I mean, the reason I brought it up is they, they've got a really nice um, wild, uh, wild beer program that includes um, a, 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 like kind of a, it's like a, it's basically like a Solera beer where it's, uh, or, you know, a real gently tart beer. It's called Low Funk with pH as the funk because it's, it's slightly low pH, but it's also kind of low funk. You know, it's just a little bit of tartness, but it is, you know, uh, mixed firm tartness. It's not just a kettle sour, you know? Um, so there's a little bit of added depth to it. Um, it's a really nice beer, but the, you know, like kind of Flanders style beers and, um, it, it, it's a pretty broad range of what they're doing with, um, their sour program. And I think it's of note. And there's, I, I would say that it's not a super, not an area where Milwaukee is, is, has a lot of action too. So I guess. Yeah. Mob, mob crap's an interesting place. I was in Madison in probably late 2014, actually uh, visiting friends. And I, actually I was out there, I think with the, the beer advocate guys who were you know visiting, I think a publisher at that point. And we went around and did a variety of breweries, but we're in Madison yeah, I think it was. It might have been a place called One Barrel uh, yep. at the time, um, which seemed like a crazy idea. It was kind of that nano era, and I, I ran into the the founders at you know at that place, and they were telling me about this idea 
and it just seemed you know wild this idea of uh you know and and they've kicked around for a while and they you know, obviously moved from Madison out to Milwaukee and then they've now got tap rooms in you know Denver and in a bunch of other cities as well so it was just kind of a fascinating you know model that I don't know that we've seen the like of um, almost anywhere else they also have production agreements with some other brewers here that don't have homes like Radix mm-hmm. Fermentation and Rookery um, who come in and use their system. And so it's not exactly contract brewing because these people are doing the brewing themselves, but they're basically contracting their equipment um, to these other breweries. So they're, they really have their kind of tentacles out in a yeah. variety of different things. And Bobby, where are you going for sour mixed fermentation beer? Uh, again, maybe it's just because, as Chris said, it's not a huge, uh, it's not a huge thing here yet. Um, I picked the same three as him, and I would, I would throw in um, for Rob Brennan at Supermoon. I'd throw in that that lawnmower, that that uh, Bayview saison he does is. I joked it's called, it's like a lawnmower saison because it's it's super low alcohol, super smooth, easy drinking, not like you'd you'd ever expect. Um, and then Mobcraft because they do so many different beers and so many different sours, and they have the Sour Fest, which is like a huge event. Um, and then they also do their Weird Fest, which is uh, a lot of beers, like Chris suggested. You know what was that? A peanut butter strawberry uh... cream ale. Yeah, I just made cream that up. Ale. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, could, we could probably look up some of the ones that they've actually done, and they'd be way weirder. They're yeah. way weirder than that. Yeah, yeah. And then I guess um, I would throw in, I guess, Radix Fermentation, which is one of the brewers that uses Mobcraft's facility um, because they're another one that's sort of like doing that 1840 kind of urban farmhouse thing. They grow a lot of their ingredients themselves in their backyard in Wauwatosa. Um, and they do some they do some good sours there as well. Bobby, what is a you know one can't miss beer bar for for people who are coming into Milwaukee? Oh, there's a couple, but I would say Draft and Vessel is probably the one can't miss. And uh, there's two locations: there's one in the a northern uh, old suburb, streetcar suburb called um, Shorewood, <laughs> and then the other one is in Wauwatosa to the west. But then I would also throw in. Um, a quick shout out to Irv, Irv's Mug in Oak Creek to the south of the city because they do such a good job and have done that for a really long time supporting local craft beer. And they do an amazing event every fall called Irvtoberfest. Uh, and during the shutdown, when they couldn't do it in person, they were doing a case of Wisconsin Oktoberfests for like $40, which was an insane it's deal. Amazing. It was amazing. amazing. Chris, how about yourself? Where you know, what's One Can't Miss Beer Bar? One. Gonna if if it's just one, I'm gonna pick the sugar maple, um, which is another one in the Bayview neighborhood. We're referencing the Bayview neighborhood a lot. If you're traveling, that's probably you should be picking up on that. What we're laying down, um, sugar <laughs> maple is, uh, um, I mean, it is a beer bar, but it is an art bar. It is a community hub bar. It is very inclusive. They do all these cool events. Just last weekend, they had a Wes Anderson. Um, what was it like a like a themed yeah Yeah, like a themed pop-up kind of thing yeah pop-up right is what they're calling it and so like just uh you know good people good events um it feels good to be in there and you can have um you know 30 your choice of 30 like exceptional mostly local taps and they and they they support local jazz which is um which is important i support that i love it um, Bobby, if friends are coming in, you know, from out of town and there's, you know, maybe a, a, a neighborhood 
you know, that you want to pub crawl and, you know, you know, Chris is, you know, talking about one particular neighborhood, you know, where, where's one that you would, you know, you think for certain people should, you know, from coming in from out of town should visit. And then what's one that, you know, maybe folks would miss, maybe it doesn't get as enough, enough love uh, as it should. I think Bayview is, as Chris said, is a pretty obvious choice because in the Lincoln warehouse alone, you have three breweries and a distillery And then you can uh, walk a couple of blocks and be at 1840. You could walk another block and be at um, Enlightened. Plus Sugar Maple is nearby. You're not far from um, Supermoon, as we talked about. Um, So that's a a really good choice. Tons of great restaurants around there. Tons of great uh, cocktail bars like um, uh, all over there. At Random is there, which is like a classic kind of 50s, 60s style ice cream drinks kind of place. Um, but yeah. the one place that you sh- sort of shouldn't miss is uh, River West, because that has um, five great breweries, including Lakefront, uh, Black Husky, which every year makes um, makes a beer from the city Christmas tree, um, you know, with the spruce trip with the spruce tips. That's amazing. Um, this company brewing is there, Gathering Place, which we talked about, which Chris had talked about, Amorphic, which Chris also talked about. And the best thing is now on Saturdays, I think it is, they run a shuttle. The breweries got together to run a shuttle between those breweries. So you could park at one of them and take a shuttle to all of them. So uh, smart. those would be my two neighborhoods. And Chris, how about yourself? You know, what's one place that people should be going and, you know, you know that they would visit and one, another place that they might miss? Um, so I, I think Bayview is kind of the, the flag, like that's the really easy one. And I, I guess I'd also mention Walker's Point, which is just, just north of Bayview. Um, it's a very urban, you know, kind of uh, almost like a downtown type neighborhood still. Um, and that's where you'll find um, Momcraft and uh, there's a brewery called Broken Bat there. Um, what am I missing, Bobby? Indeed uh, is there. Indeed is a, is a really good one. Um, there's a really small brewery which is with a really cool tap room called uh, Urban Harvest. Um, the beer is not the best, but it's a really good neighborhood vibe. And um, so, yeah, Walker, and again, uh, both Walker's Point and Bayview, there's just awesome restaurants all over the place. So um, that's, that's a, I think that's probably the, the other one. And then uh, as far as can't miss or kind of under the radar, um, the, there's a, there's a stretch running from, of uh, North Avenue um on the west side of town that runs from uh what a great this is my it's my local my my favorite local um uh venture which is the coffee shop um brewery hybrid um from from there going west about maybe 20 30 blocks there's about uh let's see is it four brewery tap rooms um including there's uh the fermentorium which is um a brewery that has uh they, they do they do pretty good lagers too they've got they don't do a ton of them but they've got awesome box they're like they're they have an awesome doppelbach and a great mybach um and some other uh some other good beers too um there's a gathering place location um on north avenue as well that just opened up um and then the newest kid on, on, on the block is lion's tail which is a uh Taproom of a brewery in Nina, which is up north, a little not up north. See, Wisconsin, Wisconsin people up north means a different thing than just north of the city. But right, it's right. in the Fox. It's a small city in the Fox Valley that uh, uh, does um, uh, pretty good traditional styles and is pretty well known for sours and hazies and all that kind of stuff. A modern brewery and with a really nice taproom. 
great outdoor space once uh, once that's going. So I it's not it it's not quite as 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 uh, concentrated and and you know put together as River West is, but um, you know worth a shot if you're if you're in town for quite a while. Well, that's a good one too, because then you could just go a couple of blocks west to raise. Uh, raise wine and spirits, which is has a great beer selection and also has a um, a great sort of beer bar up above. Yeah. And Bobby, we've talked about a variety of breweries here, but obviously, I think we talked somewhere in the neighborhood of forty breweries in you know in Milwaukee or in that neighboring area. You know, we haven't mentioned all of them, obviously, and we won't. But what is one? <laughs> what is one great place that doesn't get enough attention or is is flying under the radar? Um. I mentioned Enlightened as one of the um, Bayview breweries, and that is one that I think does a solid job on IPAs and lagers and doesn't get a ton of mentions, but um, also in a beautiful tap room that is in what I like about, and this is true in lots of places, not just Milwaukee, but Milwaukee being such an industrial uh, city with a huge manufacturing history, it's it's great that so many breweries have opened up in former um manufacturing mm-hmm. facilities and that sort of thing. Um, so it's really cool to see and enlightened is one of them. It's in the old Louis Alice plant, which um, was huge during world war II, making all sorts of things. And, and the people who run it are nice. The tap room's great. The beer's good. Enlightened. And Chris, how about for yourself, a place that maybe, you know, one of these breweries that doesn't get enough attention or is kind of flying under the radar. Yeah, this is, this is one that's a little bit off the, board because it, you could argue that it's not even really in Milwaukee, but um, I, I, raised grain is in uh, Waukesha, which is, I guess it's, I mean, it's kind of a suburb. It's, it's, it's definitely its own city, but um, you know, maybe 20, 25 minutes from downtown and um, really, really solid beers, some really interest, like the, I'm not sure if the, if it's their flagship really anymore, but they've got a beer called paradox uh, red and it's a, it's an Imperial red IPA. And if that sounds like a throwback, like <laughs> kind of a throwback beer, um, I guess it is. But it, it's, it's a great it's, style. It's just a great it's under really, it's really under good. undervalued yeah. style. I love it. And they they have a, a little bit of a Belgian bent to to, to a lot of their beers. Um, they've got a nice uh, Belgian imperial stout um, and a good mix of kind of like like regular beers too. I guess I'm kind of mentioned two imperial things, but um, and uh, nice tap room, good food out there too. So. It's, it's, you know, Waukesha is kind of a, uh, somebody recommending something from Waukesha for Milwaukee people is, is a little, maybe a little off the board, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, but it's a good the, choice, uh, but it's, it's a, it's a really good brewery and I think good people too. Um, and I'll go with Bobby on this one. This is a question that sometimes is a little bit controversial and we either have people who have very strong answers or people who absolutely do not want to answer it whatsoever. And we'll find out where you two fall on this, but uh, are there any breweries that you think need to step up their games or have been slacking? Ooh, I'm going to sidestep this. There we go. There we go. And just say that one thing I think that the city's brewing scene as a whole could do better is inclusiveness. I would love to see more, um, sort of brewers of color being sort of welcomed and uh, supported and, and opening here. And, you know, I, I don't know that anybody here would say that they, that they wouldn't support them, you know, that, that maybe it just hasn't really happened yet, but there's, you know, venture has um, one owner of color and there's a, a guy named Chris Adams who started a, a 
company called CAC Brewing, and he's brewing out of Mobcraft. Um, but beyond that, there really isn't much. And um, with the brewing scene sort of rightly paying attention to this more than ever, I feel like Milwaukee really needs to kind of step that game up. Fair enough. And for Chris, we'll put now you've had a, a minute to think about it or so, you know, where, you know, what breweries do you think need to step up their games or have been slacking? You've been at this a while. You're a critic. You're somebody who I know isn't afraid to usually pull punches in, in his writing. Yeah. Um, well, thanks. Thanks for saying that. That's a, that's a compliment. Um, I, you know, one of the, I, I will name a name. Um, one of the breweries that started, I started out really strong, I think, and, um, with just the brand, the concept um, was Good City. And I think they've been a little uneven lately. Um, I think some of their beers have come uh, around, um, but I, I, I kind of, I want to see more diversity in what they're making and I want to see better execution a little bit. Um, and I also will mention Sprecher. You know, I, they've, there's, the reputation at least in the, in the, and I think it has gotten better in the last couple of years um, with the new ownership um, as far as like just branding and the concept of what they're trying to do. But I still think they're trying to have it both ways and lean into the, their history and, and their great loggers. Um, I mean, you mentioned like when you said like this, this beer that that's, that's like a landmark around the country. And I wasn't sure what you were going to say. And you said black beer and I'm like, Oh yeah. Like that, they they're not really embracing that beer, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it is a phenomenal beer, and it still is. Like you know, their their classic styles are still on point and and very good. But I, I they're they're trying to kind of have a foot in the future as well, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's working. Um, and from a branding perspective, or really an execution perspective, so um, you know, I I think both of those breweries have enough talent and you know, kind of like goodwill in the community to. To, to pull it out and get better. And I'll say one thing I'll say about good city too, is their spaces are so good. Like, especially that, that East side tap room is quite, uh, it, it's, it's a good place to have a beer. It's a good place to have a meal and it feels good. And it's not like the beer is, it's bad, but it's just been a little uneven and I'd like to see it said with love. <laughs> always. That's what we're always doing. Um, we've talked a lot about Milwaukee's history, its heritage, its its place in kind of, you know, in the modern day and how it's come along. You know, Bobby, you know, is someone who probably travels and is, and is interested in beer across the country um, and is an observer of things in this industry. How do you think Milwaukee stacks up beer wise against against other cities in the U.S. at this point? Um, I think we're doing pretty good. I've been trying to get out. Uh, to more Midwestern cities than I'd been getting to for a while. And so in the last two summers, I was in Des Moines, Kansas City, Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati. Um, And so I feel like they're sort of all in the, more or less in our ballpark. And I feel like um, we're in pretty good, we're in pretty good standing, I think, Mm -hmm. in there. I mean, some of those maybe have a little, you know, um, I would say Kansas City has, uh, maybe a slight edge on us, but partially that might be because their streetcar is so perfectly aligned that it allows you to get to nearly every brewery in the city yeah. <laughs> pretty easily. Um, but I think in terms of scene, I think we're doing pretty good. I think. 
Chris, um, the first time and actually the only time I've met Chris was in one of the more random experiences I'm sure either of us have had. Uh, I happen to be at a brewery here. I'm in Boston, you know, at Trillium had opened this kind of new sort of tap room and tiny, tiny nano brewery uh, in the Fenway neighborhood. And I can't remember exactly. Oh, I'm, he, I think there was somebody who was wearing a brewer's hat. Is it may have been what attracted to me, and I, you know, happened to 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 amble over and make some mention of it. And eventually, we figured out. I don't know if it was through Twitter or whatever it was that it was Chris, and uh, it was somebody who you know I you know I'd not met before, but I'd followed for a long time. Uh, and so now I know he's someone who who does travel around a little bit. And you know, Chris, you know, how does you know how does the beer in Milwaukee stack up against other cities? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I think that we're back to where we should be. You know, that has like we're literally Bruce City, so you know, not and it's not for craft beer, obviously, that nickname, but mm-hmm. but I think I think we can wear that now, you know. I mean, I, the, the breweries that that came in that have come in since you know, in the last six or seven years have have elevated you know that and, and not that lakefront you know wasn't carrying that standard but you can't have just one brewery you got to have a bunch and um i think the the experiences that a lot of these places when you go it feels good and you know it's it, like we're very good at hospitality here there's so many bars there's so many there's so much there's so much of that like kind of culture of i mean it's drinking culture like we, we talk about this in Wisconsin a lot about the down, the downsides of it. Um, but the upsides of it, especially as a visitor is, will be manifest. You'll, yeah. you will feel, you will feel the kite when you come to Milwaukee. And, um, and I think the, the breweries can be a part of that. I'm glad we talked a lot about like kind of the bar scenes and those, those aspects of the city too, because I think that's um, a, um, you know, if you're coming from Chicago, that's not going to be all that unique. But if you're coming from, um, you know, Ohio or California, for sure, you know, that is a really distinctive place. Like, yeah, we didn't we didn't get to the dive bar question, Andy, which is OK. But like the definition of a dive bar in like like in, in Wisconsin, it's like, oh, you don't want to go to that place. To me, yeah. is the way I think about it. <laughs> and I think other places it's like it's like, oh, it's like it's just not like corporate or like right, polished right. or in a strip. That's mall. true. It's like, that is like 80% of the bars, the good ones in, in, in Milwaukee and in Wisconsin. So I think, you know, you know, as you're setting your itinerary for Milwaukee, yes, do all these breweries that we talked about or probably not all of them. Um, but you know, that make time to just stop at a bar. A ra- it can be, it can be pretty much a random bar in in any of these areas and you're gonna have a good time get some pull tabs order some order some curds right you know have a high life too it's you know that's that's wisconsin we're gonna have a glossary at the end of this episode it'll be appended to all of this so people who have no idea what chris is talking about and the glories that that wisconsin and milwaukee have to offer you know we'll 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 get you up to speed it's a city I, I love. It's a city I miss. It's a city that I think uh, is certainly undervalued and underappreciated. And I know several folks from you know the Midwest or, or from uh, the East Coast here who have come out to, to visit just for holidays and were blown away 
you know, just for a quick vacation or a quick weekend at, at how amazing the city is. And I think you both really did a great job of capturing it. Um, and I'm looking forward to to folks, you know, learning more about Milwaukee and hopefully getting out there. But we'll start with Bobby. You know, where can people find uh, you online and your work? Uh, they can find pretty much everything I do at onmilwaukee.com, O-N-M-I-L-W-A-U-K-E-E.com. Um, and I do a series called Urban Spelunking, which is not um, going illegally into dangerous places and dangling off skyscrapers, but um, more like sort of digging into the history of uh, buildings and and the city. And a lot of those buildings are tied houses, former tied houses and mm-hmm. bars and breweries and beer related stuff. And Chris, how about yourself? Um, probably my the, the, the place where it all comes together from the various outlets is uh, my Twitter, which is WI Beer Baron. That's Baron with one R. Um, and um, you can catch us uh, every Wednesday night at eight o'clock central. We do a, a live stream with a couple of co-hosts uh, that covers kind of all things going on in walk here in uh, Wisconsin beer. Um, so there's that. Um, that. That's probably the best of it. Um, definitely check out uh, if you're coming to the city, definitely check out Milwaukee Mag, uh, MAG.com. That's where we have, um, that's where all my work for the magazine is. And there's lots of, you know, guides and stuff like that for, you know, making sure you're getting the essential Milwaukee experience. So, and Bobby's, Bobby's outlet is too. It's funny because we, <laughs> we are, we are a little bit stepping on each other sometimes on, on, uh, on, uh, scoops and, and the beer news. And, and it's really a lot of the, we cover our, our outlets cover a lot of the same things, but. Um, Bobby and I are friends and it's fun to, it was fun to catch up with you, dude. And I have to say that, that, that sort of, I feel like our relationship is sort of representative of what you said about the beer scene in Milwaukee and about yes. like the hospitality in Milwaukee. Is that like, I know that technically you're competition, but I don't generally ever really feel all of that no, much in competition no. with you. And if you get a totally. scoop that I didn't get, I'm always just kind of happy that you got it. And, and. We love it. We love bring we bring Same. people together here on Beer Travelers, <laughs> and uh, and I, I think it's I think it's also a fantastic testament to the town that you know most cities don't really have anybody covering beer with any regularity, um, and in Milwaukee is 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 very lucky to have you both, as were we today. So you know, Bobby and Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Andy. Pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Beer Travelers podcast. If you have a suggestion for a town we should visit next please drop us a line at podcast at allaboutbeer.com. Please give our podcast a review wherever you listen. It really helps folks find out about us. And if you like the episode, tell a friend and post on your socials. Interested in learning more about connecting with an engaged, energetic, and interested audience of curious beer consumers and brewers? We have many different advertising opportunities, including through our podcasts, website, newsletter, and social media channels. For more information, please contact us at podcast at allaboutbeer.com. All About Beer is back, and we're asking for your support to help provide the independent beer media this rich and colorful industry deserves. Visit our website, allaboutbeer.com, where we're frequently posting new content. And please consider throwing us a few bucks at patreon.com slash allaboutbeer. We have low-cost memberships for individuals and small and large companies alike. Every dollar goes to help produce new articles and podcasts. My pick for a place to have a beer in Milwaukee is Von Trier. A classic old German spot in Milwaukee's east side, your first step into the bar will leave a lasting impression. The lighting is low, almost theatrical, framing the massive 50-year-old three-part German cultural mural hovering over the large bar, which is surrounded by dozens of Steinkrugs. Hovering over the room is a chandelier dating to the early 1890s, 
that was commissioned by Captain Frederick Pabst himself. The wrought iron and antler ironwork is a statement piece in a room of statement pieces. There's no shortage of things to check out in this bar, and you'll probably spend more time looking at the ceiling than at your beer.